joy is just sitting in a room where they can tell, see people who look like them, whether they speak or not, and feel affirmed. Wow. I'm, first of all, I'm just really amazed. And when you started it, I'm going to got to ask, you you started all by yourself and what was the first thing that you did in order to start it and who did you talk to 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 get it going so the first thing i did was look for something like this because i just wanted a resource to understand what was going on with me if my parents had prepared me well and i was doing this this is what we tell girls uh black girls in particular work really hard do what you're supposed to do go to college and you'll be fine and then somebody pulls a rug up from under you and you had no idea that there are some strategies that have been tested and they're tried and they work really well to make people unsettled at work. And there's certain things that work really well for black women. Like what? Like, like telling me that I haven't met expectations. Well, you know what? I meet expectations everywhere I go. So what exactly are you talking about? Like, this is problematic for me because I work so hard. And most of us, you know, you got to have a certain level of intellect to get into certain places and be able to, you know, we're sensing motivations and we're analyzing situations. Of course, this is the thing that this is maybe you can help me with this. Um, I, I believe implicit bias exists. However, if I have to analyze everyone around me and it's on me for my for me to be useful in any situation to try to have a basic understanding of the person sitting next to me, I then am infuriated at the thought that I, someone else can write it off as, well, it was just implicit bias, I didn't know. And now, of course, I'm not, you know, I understand, I've seen some of the science, yes, I'm getting there, but that rubs me the wrong way, because I think it's a, it's helping people be comfortable talking about it, when it really goes back to what you said before, I didn't have to care, so I just didn't do it. I didn't have to care that you were going to show up different than me. I didn't have to care that um, when I perceived you as angry, it could have been something else, right? So when, when the um, old boss says to me, well, you seem really angry, and I'm saying to him, well, how are you defining that? And the, the, Jew, the woman from Long Island who's sitting across from both of us gets rolls back in her chair like, oh, this is about to be real good. Let me relax and watch. <laughs> because, of course, I'm not angry. I'm very impatient passionate about what I'm talking about. You're uncomfortable because passion in your sphere looks different and women may or may not, you know, the feistiness of um, a small framed woman who you don't, who you feel like you have control over versus a different type of woman showing up and taking up space. There's something that rises up for you. I don't have to like totally understand all the reasons why, but you don't get to call me angry. And some people are like, yeah, call me angry, whatever. But for me, that's too easy. Like, what else do you have? Like, let's, can we, if you're going to analyze me, let's talk about why you use that word in my name in the same sentence. So I'm um, being able to have that conversation isn't always a possible it isn't and your point I saw a lot in the research you asked me how do we start the project or how did I start the project so I started doing research and asking people and looking for this kind of work and a lot of it exists what I wasn't and I think there's more going on in college campuses and research 
departments. But that's really hard to get in to find until you either go there or get a contact. So I was looking for black female experiences detailed around work experience. There is a seminal work, Our Separate Ways, which studies the first group of women who came into corporate and it looks at black women and white women and tells their stories and they have a lot of data with that project. It was very helpful as we started. So I started, I asked a few people to write stories with mine so that we could then ask a bigger group to write stories and submit. The women who were writing, two of them approached me on separate occasions and asked for a time to meet the other women who were submitting. I thought we'd meet a few times while they were writing and that would be it for the live events. And here we are four years later, still convening women in conversations and now partnering with other organizations like um, um, NCNW, sorry, Nash, I, NCNW, you'll have to look that up because I cannot remember right now all of the acronym, um, a Black Teacher Project. We will have our fourth annual conversation with them in um, for Women's History Month. We have a format where the women, black women in the center have a conversation much like what we do when it's black women closed door only. Other people can come and observe, anyone, but we give the women an opportunity to step out. There's no Q&A. We do a small workshop with the people who are observing so they can process what they've heard, but we protect those women at all costs. So what we've learned over the last couple of years, testing this out and modifying it when people ask us, can you modify here or there? What we learned is that that is still not safe for women. It might be a black man who speaks up and is uncomfortable because he's looking for a solution and we're just trying to talk about the reality of what happened. We're trying to be safe and say out loud that this happened to us at work. Well, you should have done this and that. See, our format was right. Let's keep that circle closed. You have the privilege to observe. So if there's any young black women listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. and we have all kinds of people who listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. would you suggest, would you suggest that, that, they, that they contact you? Sure. I mean, yes. And check out Black Female Project. Also, listen to the podcast. We've had people write to us about the podcast saying, this affirmed me so much. I knew I wasn't alone. But even preparing for girls start navigating in school, like school age girls are figuring out, you know what? I get treated differently. The work of African-American female excellence at the Oakland Unified School District, more and more is going to come out of that department. But they have documented and are talking about the sexual harassment um, and the kicking girls out of class and what's happening with black girls. And, and, and they're being treated differently than other girls in the, the school. We start understanding that very early. My focus is on the work because that's where I was living at the time and that's what I needed to address. So for young girls, number one, you're not alone. You woke up brilliant. You're going to be brilliant no matter what level. I see a lot of junior practitioners too because I love to, you know, part of, I came from educators. I love to teach in my area of focus. So don't let people tell you or give you some weird vibe that you're not a director or you're not a this or that and therefore your value is less. 
every single person in the organi organization is needed for the organization to be functional. If you were not there, there would be a problem. Something would be missing. Understand you woke up brilliant no matter what anybody says and believe that. That's something I didn't do. I let myself be defined by other people. The other thing is see yourself through your own eyes. And what I mean by that is as we've um, I'm facilitated conversations and also um, our leadership team, I'll mention uh, Fern Stroud, my sister, um, Che Abram, um, gifted, gifted speaker and diversity specialist in higher ed, as well as um, members of our advisory board have, as we facilitate conversations uh, over the last four years have, the one thing that comes up, A, there's never enough time. People are like, all of our evaluations, can it be longer? Can it be longer? Um, can we meet more often? The other thing, the reason why is because um, women need to, how can I say this? You are, you are fine the way you are. See yourself through your own eyes. Women will get up at all ages. It's fascinating. And they talk about themselves through the lens of their bosses, through the lens of their, um, you know, their partners or boyfriends, through the lens of all these other people, but they don't see themselves. So we have mirrors that we got, and we on the back of it says Black Female Project, and we say if you want to see power and beauty, turn it over whenever you need to, and they turn it over and they see themselves in the reflection, and women of all ages flip out because you have to see yourself for yourself and next year we really want to tackle this question of how do I now now that I'm aware of what's going on and I'm kind of paying attention you can live above all the stuff to maintain the status quo the strategies used against people you know a lot of women of color show up in the workplace and have similar outcomes we come from different places but it is similar outcomes you know being disregarded being hypersexualized black women being asked to dance at work events I'm being touched inappropriately. All of this, um, you know, backing out from under of, of after installing some IT stuff and being told, yeah, that's where I like women on the, you know, on their knees and no repercussion. Yeah. Um, so. And also, and, and, and unfortunately, the environment in our country is not is getting less and less supportive. It's it's more of a so what. You know, I want to take a break for a second, and then I, I want to come back and I want to start talking about I want to talk about the angry black woman, and also in situations like yours, responses that 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 women can give. So I just want to tell people this is Sima Lieberman, the inclusionist listening to Everyday Conversations on Race with Everyday People. And if you, for Everyday People, if you want to know more, go to www.raceconvo.com. And we are recording this session at Mutiny Radio. You can go to mutinyradio.fm to listen to my podcast and other podcasts. And if you are looking for a place to record your podcast or do a recording, I highly recommend coming down to mutinyradio.fm and talking to Pam. Okay, back to you, Precious Stroud, where we're talking Thanks. to Precious Stroud, and we're talking about her project, the Black Woman's Project, and about being a black female entrepreneur, and some of the issues in the workplace. I want to talk about the whole idea of the angry black woman and 
because you were talking about showing some passion or emotion and then being told that you were angry. Is this something that is common in yes. the workplace? Why, Sima, yes, it is. <laughs> Um, well, there's the whole narrative that gets played out on most of the media channels. I mean, if you want to see black, I, I, I wonder if I Googled black women, what might show, you know, I should do that and see how many positive versus what we consider negative images would show up. But, um, in the culture right now, or at least pop culture, it's interesting though, because we have like black women rock and, um, you know, black women thrive and black women leading and all of these things that have emerged through social media and other positive avenues and black women gathering in groups all over the country. We kind of got in this groove. It was obviously happening. It was happening. We were in the tide at the time. So, yeah, you were asking, um, angry black woman, does it happen? Yes, it happens. Why does it happen? Because that's easier than talking to me. You can just label me. Um, also, we've all been bought into these narratives. That's what I'm, that's where I was going, um, is that next year, what we want to do is start thinking about how do we, and forgive the term, I got to find another one, deconstruct the internalized racism and the internalized sexism. If we can start doing that, then we see ourselves more clearly when the images show up we aren't as influenced and I know this is work that'll be generational work and at the same time I mean we're moving in that direction as a as a culture and as a people for sure like yes okay now we're calling out when we started this work and writing down white supremacy or writing down like power dominant power structure those terms when the, we thought we were so radical in the stories and now they're on the TV all the time institutional racism is uh, affecting Hispanic women at this rate. You're hearing all these statistics and all these numbers. Um, Shel Sandberg's work around, um, they're putting out some new um, reports that are interesting. You know, love or hate leaning in. As black women say, we've been leaning in a long time. And then I heard of interesting, I don't know who this gentleman was. I heard him on the radio the other week talking about. So we tell women lean in. We're not changing the system. We just tell them lean in. Round, played, 
mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Walker. Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off, for <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage in the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) How exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at MutinyRadio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. You will be recorded. It is a podcast, but will that phone sex be free? Absolutely. 10 a.m. Mondays, it's time for everyday conversations on race with everyday people. With Sima Lieberman, everyday people talking about race every week different everyday people talking about race on Tuesdays 10 o'clock it's spiritual psychology with Renee McKenna meditate it'll heal ya then at noon stick around Sergio Novoa brings you my limited view talking about all things from his perspective then on Thursdays from 8 to 10 It's time for Beyond Your Comprehension with Clem. 
exciting new shows here at Mutiny Radio. Also, the IC Podcast. That's the Imprint City Podcast. Coming soon. MutinyRadio.fm. New shows. You can have one, too. Contact director at MutinyRadio.fm to find out more details. And check us out at MutinyRadio.fm. has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat.
Hey! What's all right. Up? Uh, hey, welcome back, folks. Hey! All hey, right. I just plugged in. Now I can hear myself. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. I can't hear myself, but boy, is it fucking me up. Yeah, uh, don't touch those buttons, you douche. We'll fly solo. <laughs> wow, great Why to see you, you uh, too there, uh, <laughs> Chief. <laughs> try plugging into another uh, sandwich. Jesus. Try plugging into another hole. I tried that. It's it's gonna be yeah, uh, you did. Get your thumb out of there. I'm gonna get be a break time thing. <laughs> you like that stink finger, don't you? Uh, yes, yeah, sick son of a. What's up, Steve? Hey, George. How oh, dude, these headphones got a mic built in. What? What? Wow. I don't remember those pimp ones. Whoa. Uh, if you oh. were here at the show, like all these groupies are, you'd be seeing these fantastic microphones we're talking about have a microphone built into. Or headphones, excuse me, with a microphone these built are, in. These uh, are, I think these are gamer headphones. So you can talk shit to the guy you're playing oh. in Germany at the same time. You know, I've they got probably a had like flashy have. lights on the sides here where somebody busted them off. Yeah. Something. Something. They look big and comfy. I, I think they were actually Luke Skywalker's in uh, the forthcoming... Uh, I wonder if you could use Jedi these as an airline pilot, if they would work the same. Why not? Come out of the cockpit all wearing your green, <laughs> your bright green fucking headset with a mic popping off the thing. It's Captain George. <laughs> hey, Captain George, where are you taking us today? I'm in the middle of the game. Shut up. <laughs> I keep crashing the plane in this game. It sucks. I'm so angry right now. Distraught. Hey, how was your three-day weekend, George? My three-day weekend was kind of rough, man. It was long. Ooh. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah. What mic are you on? You on? You're on th four or three? I don't know, dude. I, I don't have headphones. Ha you're on three. Oh, was I not talking the whole time? No, I had them all on because I didn't know oh. where you were. So I just to cover the bases because somebody has to be the smart one here. <laughs> yeah. And it ain't you if you're the problem. Yeah, and you inherited that. Well, that's even more troubling. Yeah, um, yeah for me to be the smart one, there's got to be some really dumb people in the room. Wow. <laughs> well, there's just that's me and the groupies. So that might have been the smartest thing I ever said. <laughs> 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 Only smart thing you ever said. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, I had an interesting little two-wheel adventure uh, today. Uh, I actually did my little bicycle ride in Golden Gate Park this weekend, and then I was talked into Skaggs Point. is a place that used to be a motocross riding place back in the 70s and 80s, and they closed it off uh, at some point in the 80s. Were there a lot of people there? Uh, no, not really. Well, there then I'd not tell people where it is, because then it's going to get overrun. So, dummy up. It's hard to it's, find the place. Yeah, well... so. Hard for you doesn't mean it's hard for everybody. Well, let it go. I'll share it with our FTW listeners because they might both be listening on oh, this fine President's okay. Day. Hey, fine President's hey, Day. Hey, it was your secret spot, so fuck off. Well, anyway, we'll call it um, Skaggs. We won't say anything about the point part. That'll throw everybody off. But bitching riding, it was like riding dirt bikes, dude. The downhills were like fucking very smooth and flowing, lots of good jumps, and nice. it was all over the place. I was my hardtail, my. Uh, uh, they got a lift. What were we calling Ed, Ed, Edwin? What call him? No, uh, Irvin. That's what we call nephew Irvin. You've met Irvin before, of course. My mm. dirt bike stored in Concord. Anyway, uh, Irvin uh, took me. He had his uh, full suspension mountain bike and uh, had a Ooh. great time out there on that. that. That's a lot of fun. I rode that for like dude, one. Dude, when minute. those things are set up right and they're dude, I mean they got a little more weight because of all that extra suspension, but they're fucking. Dude, it's twenty eight pounds. I'm like, what's my bike weigh? He goes, yeah, probably twenty pounds. You know, they've come a long way since your bike was new. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. My yeah, bike's right? like. Old enough to drink, I think it's 24. Yeah, if all you're doing is downhill, because I remember 
when that's maybe maybe that changed um like when you were riding riding with shocks on your bike up the street it kind of had that bounce and it absorbed some of your power so you oh totally you yep. really had to chug along man yes it, it, it's just not even worth I had a, sometimes in that situation uphills you're fucked so but, uh, the downhill bikes are made for downhill and it fucking boogie and i guess what was an a downhill bike when this was made 10 years ago or now enduros where they've got like six inches of travel and true downhill bikes are like 10 inches of travel front and back. It's just insane how much you know, shit's advanced. But he's telling me about the, the shocks. He's like, hey, do you have an air pump? I'm like, uh, no, I don't. And he goes, oh, let me see if mine's working. I'm like, uh, okay. I hope you'd fix your shit before you get there. But you have to run like 300 pounds of pressure because his suspension's all air. Oh, no shit. 300 PSI. Fucking, that's that's a, a lot of fun to fine-tune, huh? But that compression factor is going to really make a big difference for you, so you're not really dampening it. You're just running off the, off the bounce from the... Uh... Yeah, pretty much. Air in a chamber and whatever. Wow. It might move through into another chamber. I, I really don't know. But it's adjustable, and I, I was only on it for five minutes, you know, and I only got to enjoy, like, one downhill for a minute, so... But Felt really good. cool shit. It was really cool you shit. You weigh the same as the guy or different weight weight classification? No, we're both about 180 pounds. So, so basically, this, this suspension was kind of set up for somebody your size. So Yes. So you got optimum. Somebody at 220, you get on that thing and it would just feel spongy. Oh, yeah. They, they got to run soft. 400 bottoming out. Can you imagine the seals they got on that thing? That oh, kind of pressure, man? Fucking crazy. What happens when You're running 300 goes? pounds standing still. And then when you jump on it and you compress it, damn. Skawoosh. wonder if we can make fucking hash oil. <laughs> we'll squeeze it right well, out. We of could there. probably make hash oil down there, but it'd be kind of hard to get to. It's wonder how hot it gets. There's been there. people that have died down there that they've gotten back there and you know got lo- dude got lost a couple years ago. They didn't find his body for two years. It was it took a while to find him. He was hiding. Good spot. Uh, his he wanted hide and go seek, but I guess he did. All the other kids gave up a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah. They they went off to college, got married, and had kids, and he uh, he won. Somebody, that's an awful thing to say. Uh, somebody dude, said for winning. Away. Yeah, that's a drag, dude. Yeah, crazy but shit. Maybe, it's a beautiful place, You never place, know, though. though, man. You know, I mean, people yeah. get disoriented quick. Dude, we're soft. Compared to our forefathers. Oh, yeah, every generation dude. is softer. People walk around, we don't have insulation in my house. Yeah, really? <laughs> that's just awful. Do you, you have st- windows? You, you still sissy? got two walls. <laughs> dude, you I know? moved to a house in Colorado, and I got, took out single-pane windows, put in double-pane windows, and the carpenter helping me goes, do you have any plans for the windows? I'm like, no, dude, I don't know. You, get, you know, somebody wants them and beats hauling the dump. And he goes, yeah, actually, a neighbor takes them out to San Luis Valley, I think. He's, there's people living without windows out there. They just put blankets over the windows. It's like, oh, fuck. I, I didn't think in modern day and age, what are they, living in fucking straw huts? Holy shit. Dude, my know? buddy grew up in Aptos right down by Santa Insane. Cruz, south of Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah. And I went down to the house that his mom grew up in, and his grandfather was an operator back in the day. Old Italian guy. Uh-huh. I guess the part of the test was you had to you had to walk railroad tracks without touching them with a with a bulldozer or with a backhoe. Really? So you yeah. had to straddle and with the, the rails and, with, and not with tires with fucking the fucking uh, tracks. Oh, really? So they'd like pick themselves up and straddle a thing and drop themselves down and then swing this around. It was it was quite a maneuver. Oh, you know, I've, I've worked with backhoes. I don't drive them, but I've worked with, you know, telling a guy where to dig. And uh, a good backhoe operator is worth their their weight, you know? Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. Because to pick themselves up over a ditch operator? like that. Oh, hell yeah. I've worked with some really good ones. Really? Hell yeah. 
Huh. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. They'll still like swing a bucket right behind your head and fuck with you. Ah, that was so funny. I could have killed Actually, you. I've always worked with good operators. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. just talking shit because I was hoping maybe the last operator I worked with was listening. Rich. Hey, if he wants to call Richard. in, that, that number, Richard, is 415-550-0511. Ask for George or uh, Steve or Jorge or Esteban. Yeah, I didn't realize he was completely off the job until he was already gone for like a day. It was like, because he wasn't there every day, you know? Ah. There were certain days we can't dig. It's just last month, man. Oh, no shit. And all of a sudden, his, his, his backhoe was gone, and I was like, what's up? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's done. We got another, we got another company. It's, they're, they, they're here on site for another company, and they're whipping through, and they got 12 people, and we got one guy. Oh, really? So it was just, it was just dollars and cents. It was a budget thing. It was easier. Yep. Nice guy. Away went, uh, Rich was his name? Richard. 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 Yes. Richard, the backhoe operator. Old biker. Oh, really? Right on. Yeah, good guy, man. So, yes, that was part of it. But the house down in Aptos, I don't even think the walls were won by. Oh, really? I mean, I was sitting inside the house, and you could see through the fucking walls, right? You know? (laughs) I was like, damn, you know? It's like, (laughs) and the framing was like two by threes, you know? So it was all like just, it was, and from outside, didn't have any paint on it. It had that old weathered wood look like an abandoned house. Yeah. Yeah, like, like. All the creepier to invite friends over and. Like. Have Halloween Don't wear corduroys around here because you might set a fire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, dude. Damn, my cords so, are at the cleaners. <sighs> so you can just imagine growing up down, down the Santa Cruz Mountains in winter. I mean, you get snow down there sometimes, man. Dude, there was snow uh, up on Skyline. And you Skyline. wake up in that shit, and, and the outhouse is fucking 30 feet away from the house, and oh, you got a fucking trench out dude. there, man. You're holding it or dumping it in a bucket. Fuck you know? it. I was at Woodside this morning. Yeah, you wore the, same underwear. You the same underwear for six months, because fucking... Oh, <laughs> you got to change your underwear. You change you underwear turn, with him. You, you turn him inside out after three. Special moments with George. Actually, I was watching something on TV, like... Um, the designer like designer jeans and that kind of thing you're not supposed to wash them like all the designers themselves they just put them in the freezer really put them in the freezer overnight and when they pull them out it's going to kill anything that's on there and a little baking soda will soak up any kind of odor really the other thing is vodka if you spray vodka in like uh, I've heard that as well underarm uh, sweat stains that kind of thing mm-hmm. it's supposed to make wash yeah, that's why you always have that vodka spritzer with you <laughs> I thought it was cool. Some people like wine spritzers. <laughs> no, no, I, I like vodka spritzers. You're a little like, on the orange I'm eating, you know. You're like Eloise. <laughs> Who the fuck is Eloise? You stuck me there. It was, uh, the, there was a syndicated uh, column in the oh, newspaper. Oh, helpful hints from Eloise? Yes. Or, oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Now you remember. Uh, she was like the bargain version of, uh, what was the yes. name of it? Yeah. Uh, Ann Ann was Ann it? Landers, was it? Yeah, I think so. Flanders? Yeah, whatever it was. Damn. Look at you going back. Wow. Reminiscing. Remember the Herb Cain articles? Yeah. Uh, Herb. So my weekend, I actually got, uh, I, I had that ranchero that I picked up that I bought a couple weeks ago. The Rangeroo. The Rangeroo, and it didn't have registration. I didn't have anywhere to put it. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't let it get crushed, and it was a cheap enough deal, so I took it. Yep. And then I had it at my buddy's place, and I was trying to find somebody that might want to buy it. I was trying to find a place to work on. I was trying to find anything. I seem to have more than enough parts. I've got two engines and three transmissions currently, and I'm getting another engine and transmission. Three transmissions. Yeah, there's two in the bed of the truck and one in the truck. Oh, I didn't realize there's two. I remember seeing the engine and the tranny. I didn't the engine and the tranny are hooked up, and there's another transmission right next to it, just sitting by itself, another automatic. And the thing came with a, with a three-speed. 
Really? Manual. They're just dying to not Three transmissions are all automatics. Like, what the hell, man? That's fucked up. And I'm looking at that engine. I'm thinking it might be bigger than a 289. For some reason, I feel like a 289 is smaller. Hmm. But they're all the same block, right? That's a 5 liter in that, I thought. A 302? I thought it was a Mustang motor. Two, Mustangs had 289s? What are you talking about? The first ones did, but everything after 68 had 302s. And yeah. I was thinking it was a 5 liter out of a... Well, basically, the Ranchero is exactly... It's, it's, the, it's the exact same everything as a Mustang. It's got the bottom plate, the, so the foot, the foot area and all that stuff. It's all the exact same as a Mustang. The only difference is it's got a bed instead of a... It's lighter, actually, in the ass end. Well, it's more apt to That whip. sounds squirrely. It's more apt to spin it. Spin <laughs> out. Yeah. That's why most of them didn't come with V8s. They had to, it was a special order. It was probably a wise idea. Yeah. So if you special ordered it, they set it up. They put the right suspension on it and all that. But when they came with a six and you stuff an eight in it, it's too much for the, uh, it's too much weight for them. So it, uh, you got to change out the springs. You got to, I don't know if the A-arms are the same, but you would think you might as well build up the A-arms too if you're going to put that kind of weight on the thing. Seems like. And then you want to get some disc brakes because you're not going to be able to stop. Cause just get a Mustang 2 front end on it. You're adding a bunch of weight on that thing, man. So anyway, what'd you do with this thing? So Cause I, I remember hauling up... it from Oakley to, to SF. and now... Yes. So it was in the yard down there. I, I thought I had out. somebody for it, and they said they couldn't do it. It was too much of a project for them as well. And I, you know, it's it's more of a... I don't know. It's more of a personal thing, you know, because it's like I, I hate to see an old. It's a '65, man. You just don't see him anymore, you know. And for that Surely, to go to the crusher, yeah. dude, it's like, come on, man. Uh, that's you know, not acceptable. I know somebody had one of these and it got wrecked. I just thought of it. This guy uh, Matt, and uh, he'd be perfect for this car. He had one and it got wrecked on the freeway. Four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say eight, but if you want to go cheap, whatever it's got you two do. extra transmissions and an extra engine. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, big manual guy too, dude. There's like fucking eight grand in parts, bro. I believe you. <laughs> it's sheer madness, is what it is. So, so the perfect bike hauler is just gonna get sold off to. So I, I the got lowest a, bidder. It's not the perfect bike hauler. Oh, by any means, it's got a low fucking low deck for sure, but it's uh, it's not long enough. It's not. Well, you can't put them in straight, so you can only get one bike in there. It's not made to handle that kind of weight, really. Oh, that's true. Uh, I guess even if you bolstered up the suspension, it wouldn't be strong enough. And those right? things aren't made for long rides either. If you try to drive that thing to Tahoe, you, you yeah, you probably they run hot to begin with, you know. So oh, tend, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Really? Somebody in the family had a, a Falcon. Uh, it was a cool car. Yeah, I had that Ranchero that I spun out on 280. Oh yeah, I heard that. But story. that was a factory 289 with a four-speed man, the fucking. It was a special order. It was built in Fremont. I had all the paperwork, man. It was cool. Wow. Yeah. A Fremont built. And it had the deluxe. It had the deluxe trim, which is very Custom different. Order. Really? So it only had one line of trim, and it went down the middle instead of how they split it at the front, and it becomes two separate pieces of trim. Yeah. So there's a line down the middle of those two, and there was just one piece of trim, fat, about an inch wide, and went all the way down. And it cut right through the gas gas cap, so the gas cap had a little piece of trim on it, and it locked in perfect like that, right? Really. So I didn't have the gas cap or the trim for it. I found them at the uh, <laughs> at, uh, Pleasanton out in the parking lot when they do the... Uh, the good guys. Yeah, the good guys. But out in the parking lot turns into a... Everybody lays out a blanket and puts all their parts out. And yeah, the them. swap meet. Swap meet. There you go. So they, uh, I can't remember words tonight. It's going to be a fun night for you. 
So at swap meet, I found I found a guy that had the gas cap and the piece of trim, and he wanted two hundred bucks for the gas cap. And he wanted hundred bucks <laughs> for the piece of trim, and this is back in ninety three, ninety four. Wow, what a dick! And I was like, yeah, I think I'll just keep that locking cap I got on there. It looks good. <laughs> two hundred pills, three hundred with the trim. Three oh oh, the trim a, was separate. Yeah. Oh, what a. So I had I had all the trim except for that gas cap with that trim, man. It's like it would have turned it out, and I had American racing rims on it. Bitching. Dude, nine inch rear end. That thing fucking that thing flew, man. T-10. Oh shit! I bet oh, it did. Dude, it was too much Sweet. fun. The the American five spokes. Yeah, and I used to put Cobra tires on it because they were a little harder. The thing would just crack loose everywhere, dude. It was fucking <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I was that asshole. That guy. Yeah. So when I first got it, it came with an automatic, but it had the hole in the floorboard for the fucking for the, uh, well, you do for the, the shifter. <laughs> so I so I so I put a I put a little a little arm on the on the shifter knob on the on the side of the transmission and I'd reach to the floorboard and grab that thing and like pop it pop it into gear right and then I'd <laughs> you know one's reverse three is fucking drive you had to reach through the floorboard to shift your car oh yeah wow that's hardcore I poured out beer street there a couple of times when the cops were on my ass too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say Gator McCluskey it was handy and then I had and then the, the little the little cover the, for the shifter with the hole in the top I had that like separate you know it's like it's a screw on thing from the factory and so so I had that separate and I just slide that back over you know there's my license and registration sir yes sir no sir no sir no sir everybody sounds intelligent in front of a cop yes, yes sir yes sir no sir it's not intelligent respectful yeah, I don't even know if it's respectful. I'm afraid. Just yeah, they got too much power, man. It even is. It's a power trip. They could easily ruin you. They could. They could take you for no reason and say seventy-two hours of fucking monitoring at the fucking hospital for fucking psych evaluation. Fifty-one fifty. Yeah. Did this happen to you much, George? Uh, something you want to talk about? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be covering a lot more of uh, George's uh, symptoms uh, later in the show. Uh, what I was going to bring up, though, was I think Gator McCluskey in one of the uh, famous White Lightning movies had a LTD that had a shifter on the, the column, and then they bolted a four-speed shifter onto the car because it was supposed to be a big hot rod. So sometimes he shifted with the floor, and sometimes he put it in gear. And dude. It, it, they totally... <laughs> dude, that's like this ranchero, man. So I grabbed the dipstick... I grabbed the dipstick to check the oil and somebody was underneath the thing looking through the bumper and they're like, Hey, did you just pull the dipstick out? And I said, yeah. And they said, uh, yeah, it's not going into the oil pan. It's just fucking hanging out there, dude. It, it just, it just <laughs> here I can tell like, psych. I stuck it in. They pushed it back up to me from down there. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> what the so this fuck? So they make like starter noises when you went to turn the key. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you buy this car on Mission Street or Valencia back Dude, then? Dude, it's, it's actually not, the, the engine isn't even bolted in because they had the exhaust manifold on there when they were sticking it in and it got hung up on the steering box. Oh no. So it's not all the way in because the exhaust manifold is standing on the steering box holding the engine up. Oh fuck, you need to get that thing out of there. Or somebody needs to get that thing out yeah. of there. Yeah. Talk to me at break about this dude that needs it though. Um, so we don't no. get out to... I'm okay. keeping it now. <laughs> I'm gonna put a 460 in it. It's gonna be That'll bad. Teach him. I'm gonna make it a rear a rear engine. I'm gonna fucking put a 460 in the bed. Wow. Yeah, and then I'm gonna pull wheelies down Half Moon Bay Race Strip, man. It's gonna be ridiculous. I'm gonna show us how it's done. It's gonna be ridiculous. Ridiculous. You heard it here first on the FTW radio show. That's not gonna happen. 
Okay, it might not happen. I got, I'm going to have a wheelie In bars. case it does, though, you might hear it first. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever see any pictures from the Happy Bay Race, Raceway? I've only heard of it. So the speech it's like trip, champion race. So there's a, there was a, there was a, uh, it was like a Ford, one of those Econoline pickup vans. Okay. You know what I mean? Where you're sitting over the fucking yeah, over the the first, steering wheels. Yeah, the first vans that were totally, your feet and, were in front of the wheels. And the dude did that with it. Right, <laughs> I think Dodge made the same style, you know, the same yep. body style. I think Chevy had something. And he similar. had wheelie bars, and he had big fucking wrinkle slicks on this thing, and he would get that fucking front end off the ground, and fucking ride that thing down the track. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like the Dodge little red wagon or whatever. It's insane. Cab over pickup truck like that. By the way, I re- oh, by the way, fucking, I had to call around a bunch of tow companies. One company wanted to charge me two hundred fifty bucks, bastards, to tow it eleven miles. Wow. Yeah, and I, I called them up. I'm like, I just want to price this, and they're like. I'm sorry. And then, and then they got like on Google Maps or something and found the, found the, so somehow it was 11 miles from here, from down there in Bayview out to the sunset at 20th Avenue. Really? Yeah, somehow. I'm like 11 miles. I was like, the city's only seven by seven. Yeah. And it's, it's not as the bird, as the crow flies. It's as the route takes you. Oh, well, I guess they got you there. Well, he's got to go by the Embarcadero and say what's up to his buddies at the parking garage. And Apparently, because I'm thinking the same thing. Bayview to 16th <laughs> nah, I don't, Street. I don't know what it was. So I got a good number from uh, a company called um, Nelson's Towing Service. I'm just throwing a shout out because the young lady on the phone was so freaking cool. Hi. And they're like, they're on Q and the, tr- and the truck was on Y, right? So alphabetically, that's how far, how many blocks it was away. Yeah. From their shop. And she actually, she took my number down and she called me back like an hour later. And I, did, I didn't recognize the number and I was washing my hands or something. So I didn't make an effort to jump on it. And then she called me back. She sent me a text with a picture of a green ranchero, like a 72, right? Like a Gran Torino fucking bad yeah. boy, like fucking Starsky and Hutch, but with a bet on it. Uh-huh. Bad as fuck. An Earl car. And she, and she said, I forget what the text was about. I was like, is, you know, is this, is the green one or the, or the tan one? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? So I called her and I was like, I sent her, I sent her a text with pictures of the, of my truck. And it, I didn't see the tan one to begin with the green one. I had no idea where that came from, but she, uh, she actually drove by cause I told her where it was. She, <laughs> the, the hour before she drove out there to check out where the thing was. And I guess there was a ranchero parked around the corner. <laughs> yeah fucking crazy right but yeah she put all that effort into it you know and it's like been an she was like well i got a guy coming in with the flatbed and it was only like it was less than 100 bucks for them you know so it's like a big price jump fuck yeah so i was like yeah i just want to throw some throw some business at you at this point you know because i'm i'm figuring i don't want to tow this thing with chains because it's just dangerous you know oh yeah you want that thing yeah. secure no i don't want to class i don't want to put anybody at risk man yeah and you know no freeways back streets the whole way so with all the hills you got to think about that and stopping and all so i uh i had a buddy's got a tow bar like they have off the back of an rv with the little jeep hanging back there and follows them around everywhere yep so i took that and i put it on the front end of the ranchero and i towed that shit <laughs> Hardcore. Some, I put some lights on it. I got an adapter with some 1974 lights. 1974 style, bitches. Yeah, and like the second I got out the fr- out the driveway, it like bounced and the whole thing broke loose because all it is is like oh. little straps that grab the bumper and it's got a bumper on the front, so it just basically sucks itself up to it. Yeah, and it's, you're like it's spinning just nuts on, on it. there. Yeah, yeah you spin nuts to tighten it up with a chain that goes through. A- <laughs> I, I worked at a rental place that had one of those. They, they never rented it out. It was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I fucking... So I fucking, uh, 
So I get that thing out of there and I get across San Bruno Avenue and I'm, I'm up in the neighborhood up there by the reservoir and I hang that right turn at the reservoir and it comes out of the turn Uh-oh. and just starts doing this. Right? The whole so car? It starts rocking? Yeah. And it's pulling. It's like making my ass bounce a little bit, fuck right? Fuck yeah, at this point, I'm like, what the fuck, man? The engine going back and forth? No, so I think I might have blown a shock. So it started getting some spring on one side. What in the fuck is this? Jesus. I forgot to stop my phone, man. Wow. So I don't just even having know. a hap, hap, happy uh, towing experience. Yeah, I set week. that in there for Christmas. I forgot to change it. <laughs> One jolly so I think it blew the shock on the on the front left side, and then the, so the spring you know didn't have any any resistance other than the spring bounce. And once that started oh, going, so the shock it got yeah. the resonance going. You know, the more speed I got, it just started fucking. I could see the steering wheel fucking bouncing all over. <laughs> so I pulled over and uh, I checked the wheel and the wheel, the, the front left wheel, thinking you know maybe it's loose, maybe maybe the fucking tires off, you know the rims loose. Yeah, I don't know something. The bearings, the ball joint, yeah nothing everything seemed tight i couldn't jack it up because i had that bumper thing on there and it was like 6 30 and i gotta be here at eight oh, boy, <laughs> and i'm like these things, huh? and i'm not even halfway home yet you know it's like fuck Ooh, really crawling along yeah so i fucking uh is that when you called me or after that so i put no after that so i took bungee cords <laughs> and i bungeed the steering wheel to the fucking front seat like below it you know I went to the holy shit MacGyver this gets better by the second and then it just it smoothed it out dude and I fucking came down Silver Avenue I went up Alamany I just said fuck it hell yeah I would too Alamany would be the way to go you know the the sun had already gone down it fucking I had I didn't have running lights on it but I had turn signals and brake lights and my buddy was was fucking tailgating me the whole way home oh there you go Wow. But yeah, it was an it was an excursion. It was an adventure. It sounds like an adventure. So I we got both the thing, adventurous. I got Mondays. the thing off the back of my truck into his uh into the spot where it's where I'm gonna be working on it. And I got home at seven oh four. Oh, did you have your music list done already? Uh-huh. Oh wow. Yeah, I took care of that. So that's uh that was my day. So then I ran over here. I fed my dog real quick. <laughs> Threw everything in a bag. And you made a music list. The music list I made yesterday. Oh. I was feeling good. Far out. Oh, you have no idea.
belts and patty melts and Monte Carlos and El Dorado. So I'm waking up out of my slumber, feeling like Rollo. So follow, it's showtime at the Apollo, minus the Kiki Shepherds. With about a hoe and a leopard print. Teddy, Pendergrass, cooler than Freddie Jackson, sipping a milkshake in a snowstorm. That I throw warm in the dorm room at the AU. We blue hate you at the leaks, my cake you, but you must have been mistaken with them statements that you make, huh? Clean, 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 Booyah. clean, hella clean, clean, hella clean, clean. Get you clean, clean in the bing, bing, bang, bang. I'm telling you. That was uh, Outcast. So fresh, so clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had Enema 46 and 2 before that. Fucking A, man. I heard they put on a good show. Is that true? Um, well, I got to say the best show I ever went to was a tool show. But I got to also say the worst show I ever went to was a tool show. <laughs> Not the same show, though. No. No, the first show was down in San Jose, fucking open open floor. 
and everybody was on the floor, man. There was nobody in the seats. And when I, the second one I went to was like 10 years later. And it was still a great show. I just, I couldn't get on the floor because I didn't have general admission tickets. So they wouldn't let you just jump down there and jump in the pit. They had fucking security everywhere. And I fucking, I got, I got stopped. They have security every five feet around the rim of it, man. I got caught like 10 times by these motherfuckers. These guys were on it, dude. I was like, <laughs> but you know, I'm a big guy. So I tried sneaking up all low. And then you, and then you just, they, then they know you're up to something. But if you come cruising up, you're the one they're looking at because you're fucking head and shoulders above everybody else. Like, motherfucker, man. Here he is, the center for the USF oh, but I, Dons. But I created enough havoc, enough havoc that people dropped in while while I was taking up their their attention. You know, so it's like it worked out for them. You know, oh, and I'm glad I could. You. I'm glad I could help out. George helped good. George good. <laughs> I could have picked them up and thrown them over the guys if I wanted to. These little fuckers, man. <laughs> could have been leprechaun tossing. No, yeah. what are they, who wants to get in the pit? Midget Come here, <laughs> George Throwdown. Yeah, be like fucking. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of throwdowns. You uh, want, what? This sounds. This microphone sounds fucking weird. They uh, all sound weird. None of them have the fucking fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy. Oh, that's what it is. So it's more crisp. It's crisp. It's catching our breathing, or better? it's not catching anything at all. You know. That's better. I like that better. Uh, speaking of. Oh, you sound fetching. You sound uh, like a whole other guy now. You don't sound all squeaky and bitchy. You sound like a fucking man. Listen. Squeaky. <laughs> Follow the real Olympic road. Squeaky. I'm going to call you Squitchy. Squeaky. Squeaky from. Squeaky from. Take it easy, Squitchy. <laughs> Squitchy. <laughs> Somebody was named Squishy. I, that I didn't say Squishy. I said Squitchy. Squitchy? Bitchy. <laughs> wow, this is strangely evolving. Uh, speaking of evolution, Bonham's Auction recently auctioned off a 1951. Bonham's, Bonham's Auction House? Yes. They just had this in Las Vegas in January. Uh, I guess how much they got for a 1951 Vincent Black Shadow. Most money ever for an auction on a bike. What's Vincent Black Shadow? Vincent is a motorcycle company in England that made uh, true 100-mile-an-hour bikes back in the day. They weren't as fancy as a Bruff Superior, which had nickels huh. and shit, but they were fast. And the Black Shadow was like their fastest model. It was fucking bad. If you ask Paul about this, oh, I'd love to have a bloody well one of those. So they're yeah, fucking he'd cool. A, he'd get a chubby real quick, wouldn't he? Dude, all right. So check this out. Uh, the, this year in Vegas, the rare original condition, British-made Australian speed record set. Vincent set uh, a new record for most valuable, uh, most highest value motorcycle ever sold at auction. Nine hundred and nine, excuse me, nine hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars. Wow! Almost, what's that? Seventy thousand short of who him. bought it? You know the guy's name? Uh, yeah, Fritz Monahan. He lives right around the corner. Maybe we can get him on the show. Dude, I got a radian rusted out in my front yard. <laughs> I'll take fifty G's for it. You know, it's a fixer upper. It sounds like a virtual bargain at that price compared to this Vincent Black Shadow. Although yeah. this one set records and shit in Australia. So. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's worth nine hundred twenty nine thousand dollars. To him, it was. Yeah, to him, it was. That's why I want to sell my Radian. <laughs> he has no idea. He has no concept of, of the value of a bike. So <laughs> it's the one I really want to I'd get off. I'd say he's hand. got pretty good taste. He's got one of the most rare bikes in the world that yeah. was mass produced. Of, of, of mass produced bikes. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of the most rare ones, and have a, a record setting one from uh, uh, what British made Australian speed record setting. That's a pretty interesting bike. Hmm. Yeah, you can't really ride it though, can you? No, no, it's definitely a museum piece, I would guess. Well, you know, I'd be that guy who would ride what's, around my property, though. What's the I'd benefit of that, truck. man? I'd have Didn't my you, like, take truck. a picture of it and be satisfied with that? 
I would be afraid of breaking the fucking thing. Is what I, and then it'd be like, oh, I'm the guy who broke the last one. Yeah, I killed the last unicorn. You imagine if you were hanging at the FTW uh, clubhouse Saturday night, uh, as we off, so often do, and hanging out and looking at my new Vincent Black Shadow that's worth a million bucks. <laughs> right? Right? Who wants to sit on it next? Yeah, right. Yeah, right <laughs> Get off dude. the handlebars, George. Knock it off. Dude, that thing that thing is too classy. It, it wouldn't let you bring it so bring it down there. It would like stop dead in its tracks. The radio the doesn't want to be seen in the FTW clubhouse. The second the second you start heading east from your house, it's gonna stop. It, it's gonna be like an invisible wall that it won't go past. It's like a horse stopping dead in its tracks. You're just gonna fucking pew. <laughs> the donkey done stopped. Yeah. It said no. No and You're, you're going to get up and brush yourself off, and the bike isn't going to fall over. It's going to be standing there waiting for your dumb ass. Turned around the other direction. Giving you that stupid look. We're going west. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's going to spin around real quick and show you its ass. Take me to Benders. <laughs> Take me to Benders, and then Bitch. let's go out to North Beach and have fun. Get on, Squitchy. Señor Squitchy. Si, está bien. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of other news. It's mostly racing news this week. Uh, we had Supercross from Texas, the Lone Star State. Uh, As it were. Whereabouts in Texas is that? Uh, Arlington at AT&T Where's, Park. It was, I think that's where the... Uh, where in Texas is, Arling, is Arlington? Play. I believe that is like Central Texas. I'm not sure to tell you the truth. Hmm. I know not where. So you didn't do your homework? I did. It's Arlington, Texas. Wait, what do you want? What am I supposed to find out the county it's in, too? The zip code? Yeah. You want many, to write letters? How many people does that stadium hold? Uh, close to 4 million. And how'd they do on ticket sales? Uh, they sold like 3.9 million. It was, it was close. Almost hmm. a sellout. It was so, so close. <laughs> Tricky business down there in Texas. It's a tough one if you don't you know, get that I'm going to say that's probably what it holds football games right there. So probably 70,000 people. That, that last 100,000 is probably their profit margin. They probably didn't make any money on that thing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they just had 30,000 <laughs> at the Oakland Coliseum, and I think they made money on that. Hmm. Because there's ticket sales and then there's shirts. It's got to be a way FTW can monetize this shit. <laughs> we'll just make fucking... You know, uh, we should start touring bootleg. with them. Like, we, should, we should wear fucking tie-dye shirts and tour with them like we think they're the dead now. And we'll sell, <laughs> we'll sell grilled cheese sandwiches in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> One blotter or two. <laughs> <Yeah>. Doses. Doses. <laughs> we were going to bootleg shirts and stuff, but we just side sell acid and grilled cheese. Which one do you want, bro? Dude. You get a loaf and of bread. And Bud Light. And you Bud get a Light. loaf of bread oh. and a pack of fucking American cheese for like three bucks. <laughs> All you need is a hot plate that plugs into the side of your fucking Volkswagen van. You're good to go. Uh, you want the 21 windows so people can see when you're fucking hanging out and rocking out, man. Three got broken, so it's only 18 right now. I'm so tripping hard. Dude. Which three? Which three? <laughs> Does it Not matter? the two front ones. <laughs> My friend Eric had one of those multi-window vans. I have no idea what it was. but um, They make good greenhouses. That's about it, man. What a dangerous vehicle. Fucking no frontal protection in an accident. If I... Dangerous ride. Hey. I think you're safer in a motorcycle. People were tougher back then. <laughs> yes, they were. They, they were, man. Even hippies were throwing punches, dude. And then you weren't getting sued. You know, it was like, it was just a normal thing. Just sock that guy in the fucking mouth. He's an asshole. <laughs> Serious. That's true. I did see uh, Forrest Gump and uh, the hippie there was a real asshole. He got his. Oh, he got his. 
I'm sorry, Green. I started a fight at your, <laughs> your Black Panther party. <laughs> the best line. Of that. Well, there's many good lines in that movie. There's that's a one shit of ton the of best. good lines. There's in there. one of the best at your Black Panther party. <laughs> and what do you know? What came out this weekend? Black Panther. Black Panther. Apparently, did exceptionally well, like 260 million or something like that. I don't know. Is that good? Uh, it's a what lot. Was... It's a lot more money than I made this weekend. Did it? Did it pay for the movie? Uh, <laughs> How much did that movie cost? Depends if Wild Bill was on it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Could you see the strings holding up the special effects, or were they real special effects? <laughs> I think they were the real deal, so they dumped some big money into that shit, man. It's like it's probably all CGI. Yeah, well, that's cost money, man. It does. It's probably cheaper than being on set, but eh, who knows? Still, dude, you got to create all that shit on a computer. You gotta have a fucking a whole room full of eggheads fucking typing away for fucking hours. Yeah, but if you get one or two Days. of them to do it on the weekend, and I don't know, I, I see that mm. business is very undercutting of each other. Yeah, put in a shower and some fucking cots. <sighs> you fill, stay here. Fill the fridge with snacks. George says, "Stay here. Make movie now." <laughs> you work. He'd be a great motivator, George. Shut up. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, see what I say? I speak the truth. <laughs> Squitchy's acting up. It's going to make George angry. <laughs> you can only hope. You wouldn't like me very much when I'm angry. <laughs> There's only one way to find out, isn't there? Hey. <laughs> nice headphones, man. Are you playing video games? Yeah, I got a mic on it and everything. Here, where is it? I don't even know the names of any video games to like, specify something to talk shit about. Uh, wasn't it Freeway? Battleground At Mars or some shit? Atari. Atari. <laughs> Did you have an Atari when you play, grew up? Oh, 2600? Hell yeah. Fuck dude, yeah. I had Pong, man. Dude. We got uh, Pong when I was a kid. That was fucking super excitement, dude. To put a fucking game on the TV? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, Pong was a huge deal. My friend dude, had it. We still had the knob on the TV. You had to put it on Channel 3 and fucking all of a sudden oh, channel, yeah. all of a sudden Channel 3 was a game. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. The devil is dude, working in this house. And there was a switch that you hooked up to the antenna and you had to click the switch over yep. to get the game to fucking go in there. Yep, so, yep, so it was feeding to the well. antenna feed. I remember it well. It's hysterical, dude. Uh, Atari had some really good games. Adventure was Pong a really good one. Pong had 16 different levels, or 16 different fucking choices. Oh, that's right. They did have a shitload of it different It had a selector there, switch, huh? and you had to go through each one, one at a time, until you got the one you wanted to play. <laughs> I remember that. And then the 2600, that one came with, because it came with all the game controllers, right? So it came with the joysticks, and it came with the knob ones. So it came, with, came with the one game that had, like, the racetrack. What was that, Sprint? Or something like that. Ooh, that's right. Had a little racetrack. It was a black car and a white car, and then two gray cars were run by the computer, and you were like racing them, and you fucking get sideways right. around the turns. Do and you shit. remember they had an ice version of it? Yeah, that, that was, that was all. On, it was all on the same disc. It was all on the, the same cartridge, one. man. So it had that, and it had tanks too. Oh yeah. So there were sixteen games on that, and it was like that came with the machine. You're like, are you fuck? Whoa! <laughs> this is crazier than Pong. What else are they going to put on Channel Three? Man, slide the magic button and see. I'll yeah. keep you busy till you discover your penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's enough of this. Uh, yeah, Man, you got to split, you gotta split your time. Well, One joystick or the other. Well, you, you, you can't wear out the, wear out the joystick if you're Dude, not careful. isn't that the um, worst when you wear out the joystick? Because then they came out with Defender and Pitfall. And you Pitfall. had to go back to Atari? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Defender and Pitfall. No, then you had just Pitfall, had to play the game. Pitfall, yeah, Activision. Those play the they game were right down the peninsula. They were, they were, they were, I didn't have Activision. We had Pitfall on the Atari. Well, yeah, that's Activision made games for Atari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, there was television. There was the chicken fucking game. and freeway. That's what it was. That you had the chicken running across 101 or something like that. I don't huh? Know. Oh, Wasn't yeah. Frogger? 
There was Frogger, but there was f- Freeway was where you had the chicken getting across huh. the road, li- literally. And they played that one. I just remember the graphics. The busiest graphics. one was 101 in San Francisco. So it was like, hey, y'all beat L.A. and New York? Fuck. I've been in traffic in both. They all suck. <laughs> all three, they all suck. Yeah, you don't want to be out on the freeway. No. At least, at least back then in the game, traffic was moving, right? You were like just walking between parked cars, basically. <laughs> it was pretty heavy then, too. <laughs> it wasn't quite as batshit insane Dude, as they came out with a now. video game like that now, it'd be like, bullshit. <laughs> It'd be Lyft driver. That's a lie. That's uh, we should cars be, don't move that fast on the freeway video, in San Francisco. Make a video game, kill the Lyft driver. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. <laughs> and I don't want to take any responsibility for Steve's actions or words. What the fuck was that? Wow, the, this board is possessed. Uh, you're just falling apart, little man. No, I just watched the thing flip up and down and like wave. Oh, uh, it was probably my foot got hooked on something here, man. Oh, hi Yeah, the place is held together with duct tape. Don't get too close. It's, it's a little tricky. Ooh, I see why they don't have these microphone covers on. They stink like fucking hell. Jesus. But you know hey, what it is? put it in the freezer with some you baking know, soda. <laughs> yeah, the freezer at the FTW. I can only imagine. I got ice. Freezer in the studio. I got ice. Uh, it's probably all the hippies on the hippie show. They've probably been washing it in the turlet. I was doing some work here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's minty fresh <laughs> that's, that way. That's the that's the mic cover slash uh, toilet cleaner, <laughs> toilet brush. There you go. Lovely. Have, have Diamond Dave piss on it. <laughs> so I'm down here working at this place, and uh, I go, hey, what time do I have to work here until today? Because I was off for a couple days during a week a couple weeks ago. And Pam Tastic goes, oh, you want to get out of here by 2.30 for sure. That's when the hippies come in. And... Uh, uh, they're a fun bus, don't get me wrong, but I can see why she said, yeah, you might want to get out of here because the ukulele was playing and just everything but conducive work conditions were going on. It was kind of interesting. Huh. But uh, yeah, there's a very... So you get distracted real easily is what you're telling me. Culture. I'm usually pretty good about staying at work. Uh, you know, anyway. if this is an interview, you, would, you wouldn't get the job. You could just go home now. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I would actually just stop the interview right here and just be like, yeah, we're done. I wouldn't want to work for you, so this would work out perfectly. We can get <laughs> drinks and smoke weed afterwards. You know, I hit you too, George. Let's you get drunk. Okay. <laughs> I got friends in this business. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Gene Wilder's car once, and uh, I listened to KNBR all the time. I got friends in this business, Mister. Watch it. I'll have you know. <laughs> this could get ugly for you. Be, be careful. Tread lightly. Wow. <laughs> it's more special by the minute. Oh man. Do you have so, any? Yeah, it was a decent weekend. What's for, up? Uh, do you have any sing-alongs for us? or? Uh... Do I have a sing-along for you? I got a sing-along for you. I was going to make it your fucking theme music. <laughs> you want to hear it? <laughs> one, two, three, four. There were a couple of them, but I think this one's a good one. Huh. Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Wow. This if I didn't know better, I'd say this is John Denver, you little bitch. <laughs> Squitchy likes John Denver, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a friend. <laughs> I remember that song. <laughs> I got a name. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. It is very John Denver-ish. It should be on like a greatest hits with John Denver and maybe Gordon Lightfoot. And uh... You know, I heard that song and I was like, man, that sounds like Colorado. Ooh, squitchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's squitchy. That's squitchy's new theme song. He's Why what? not? <laughs> He's got a that'll game. that'll get the fans jumping out of their seats. He's got hella game, rolling down the highway. Ugh. Ugh. See what you started. I don't. I don't see what I started. I have no idea. I'm done with you.
Violent Femmes, man. man. Yeah, it was. Hell yeah, it was. Thought it wasn't? Uh, shit. <laughs> you don't know shit. Oh, wow. Shit. There has been a... Uh, There's been an addition to the studio. A water device put in front of me. Yeah, I'm working on it. We're almost there, man. So I should probably proceed? I would say so. Well, if it's the second hour of the show, you know what time it is. What time is it, Steve? Tell us. 
Wait, wait, let me get your theme music. Let me get your theme music. Steve's Pit Stop Race Report Turbo Edition. Wait, 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 wait. All right, go. There we go. Go for it, man. Go, Steve, go. I've got a race report for you.
Good day and cheerio, mutineers. Stolowitz here with a fake British accent that you can't quite place because it doesn't actually exist. Nonetheless, I'm here to tell you about a real good show that actually does exist. A most capital open mic we have here at the station every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m., known as Watch and Learn. This weekly stand-up community shindig gives expatriate comedians like myself the chance to test our mettle, sharpen our wits, and cut our teeth on the mic. Which is why there are bite marks and saliva all over mic 3 and why it keeps getting moved around. That remains my hypothesis, anyway. Watch and Learn Open Mic is hosted every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. by Mr. Capital Pilcrow, a most noble young man of excellent breeding and upstanding character. The rumors of his exile to Dali City after an affair with the Prime Minister are false, salacious, and have no foundation in veracity, being mere propaganda spread by Moscow to further ferment dissent among the working classes and challenge their loyalty to the Queen. Every week, Mr. Pilcrow hopes a... Hells a warm, intimate, and welcoming open mic where comedians can get substantial mic time for the mere price of a spot of tea and crumpets. Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round games, which are guaranteed to delight and entertain. Ah, thinking of these bright young comedians with so much potential and so many drug problems makes me as giddy as a schoolgirl. I haven't had so much fun and giggles since my non-trinary youth at Bumble's Warning School in East Brackenshire, where I danced with Hugh Grant, helped Jason Statham steal an antique shotgun, and took nude photos of Prince Harry, who I must mention was not named appropriately. Sign up in person for your own comedic adventures at 7.30pm or pre-sign with the host by sending a direct message via social media. If you can't make it out to that den of iniquity known as Mutiny Radio FM, listen in live from home, or download the podcast on Apple iTunes under Friends of Mutiny. A smashing time will be had by all. Until next Saturday night at 8pm, cheerio darlings.
Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs>